So the title of what we're talking about today is that we are a people. We are a people with big faith. We are a people of big faith. So Jeremiah chapter 32, verse seven. The reason why we're, we're doing this, we're not gonna just read this just yet, but the reason why we're doing this is we're, we're trying to remind each other or explain maybe for the very first time who we are as a Doral Vineyard family, as a church family, as a group, as a team, as a people of God. And we, you know, each one of us have a specific calling in our lives. We have an assignment from the Lord and we also have an assignment from God as a, as a church family, as a reason why we exist and so for the upcoming weeks the next four or three weeks actually today in the next three weeks we're going to be unpacking what that is for us as a church and so I just want to explain a couple things right off the bat one of the things that we are is that we are a missional church now what does that mean what does a missional church mean a missional church means that we don't stay within the four walls of this building but we actually go out we are a church on mission to fulfill the great commission, right? So we're a church that goes out. We don't just ex- expect people to show up to our building. We actually go out, and we go out and reach them and teach them. So we go out to reach people for Jesus, and so that's what we are. We're, we're, we're a missional church, and so as we get started here today, I want to reintroduce you to our mission statement, what our mission statement is as a missional church, as a Doral Vineyard family. It's going to come up on the big screen behind me, and I want to invite you all to say it with me, okay? We are a people. You ready? One, two, three. What are we, you guys? We are a people who love God, love others, and serve the world. So, so often in our world, you guys, we hear of people that say things like, me and Jesus, and, and we, we make our faith very personal, me and Jesus. There's actually a country song that's out there that says, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going, me and Jesus, we're going to work, we'll be all right, something like that, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going, we don't need anyone to tell us what it's all about. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a country song. You should look it up. And you know, that's a great way to start, me and Jesus. But it's not a good way to finish. I would argue, you guys, that that's, that's a good way. But what's even more important is that the scriptures actually teach us that there is, there, there's value in a personal relationship, but there's even more value in a shared relationship with Jesus. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what these shared values are, these shared visions. What are these things that we say, you know what, come what may, on this hill, I ain't going anywhere from. I'm, gonna, I'm not only just going to hang my hat on this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleed on this hill. This is who we are. These, these are non-negotiables as a Doral Vineyard family. We're going to take a stand for something, and we're going to take a stand for these things. We're going we're gonna to take a stand for these things. And so I don't know if you know this, but some of us started last week to fast. How, how many of you guys, I know many of you have been fasting, but you can raise your hand with me. It's okay to like let people, I just want to know, who's been fasting with me? I got some hands in the back, some hands up here. I got some hands in the back, all right? I, and I want to encourage anyone else to jump in. It's not too late. We're fasting until the end of the month, and we're asking you to fast Fast for, for, for God to move in your life, to move in our church, to do something big, and we're just gonna watch what God does, all right? So we are a missional church, and, we're, and I believe, you guys, that today's message is gonna inspire some of us to greatness. In fact, I've been praying specifically for, for you guys today. 
that God would build our faith, and that God, as he builds our faith, something powerful would happen when we come together as the missional church that God has called us to be. So listen to the words of Jeremiah. God says this in Jeremiah chapter 32, 7. He says this, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And so I want to look at that today. I, I mentioned the, last week and the, the week before that there is a couple passages in Scripture that I call my life verses. And I shared last week one of them. This one is another one. And what a life verse means is this, this is one that I've just held on to year after year. This is something that I've, that, that throughout the, the, the time of my journey with Jesus, it just keeps coming back over and over again, like standing out like, Abdi, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this over and over again. And so um, if you walk out the lobby today, you'll see on a black wall just who we are as a church. You'll see our mission statement. We love God, we love others, and we serve the world. We'll see some other things up there about what we are about as a church and what we believe God is calling us to be about. And so I've been praying, like I said, for each one of you that God would build faith in our church and in each one of our lives. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I want to tell you that for some of you, this message right here today in these next few moments can very literally, you're going to look back maybe weeks from now, maybe a year from now, it's going to stir you up to take a step of faith that you're going to look back and say, oh my goodness, look what God has done. And you're going to trace back to where you are, back to this moment today, these next few moments, because it inspired you to take a step of faith. And I believe, I've been praying and believing that God does something in our lives with his presence and with his power that we can't, we can't shake. So let's dive in to the very first we are statement that we're going to study. And so our very first one is that we are a people who have big faith. So there's another uh, slide that's coming up, and I want every one of us to read this together, if you would. It says, you ready? One, two, three. We are a people of big faith. We will make no little plans here. We spell faith R-I-S-K. So I need some big thinking risk takers to say this aloud with me, like you mean it. You ready? What are we? We are People of big faith, we will make no little plans here. We spell faith R-I-S-K. So we want to seek God for the impossible. Can somebody say yes? We want to believe God for miracles. Can someone say yes? We want to dream that God would do exceedingly and abundantly in our lives. Can someone say yes? We want to see God do more through our church. Someone say yes. For his glory, say yes. That generations would know who he is. That we will be faith-filled in all that we do. And so I want to start off this message by laying a quick foundation and, and looking at two different stories about Jesus. Everybody say two. What's really interesting to me about these two stories is that we're going to see that Jesus was 
amazed. He was amazed two different times in the Gospels, but actually for two different, completely opposite reasons. Very different. In fact, he was amazed on opposite ends of the spectrum. The first story is when Jesus was in his hometown and he was teaching and some people were offended at what he was saying and what he was doing. And they were like, who does he think he is? He's the son of a carpenter. He he shouldn't be saying these kinds of things. And Jesus was amazed. And let's look at what he says in Mark's Mark's gospel, chapter six, verse five. And he says this. Jesus could could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was what? Let's all say it aloud. Everybody help me out. He was, he was amazed. Now, what was he amazed at? You guys say it with me. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed. He was blown away. He was, I, I can't, he was shocked. He was stunned that they didn't believe that he had the power to do what he said he could do. That he was who he said he was. And that he was amazed at their lack of faith. So the second story where Jesus is amazed, we're going to look at that in Luke's gospel. And, and there was a centurion who the Jewish people would know when they said centurion, they knew very well that centurions in general, stereotypically, very cruel, very cruel bunches of people. And they hated centurions, all right, because the centurions would treat them very bad. And so the centurion, this one particular one, had a sick servant that was dying. And so the centurion, he sent someone to to go to Jesus and ask Jesus to come and talk to the centurion. And so Jesus says, he he comes to this guy, and, and, and whenever Jesus met up with the centurion, the centurion simply said this. He said, you don't even need to go to my house. It's all right. You don't even need to go to my house to pray for the servant. At your very word, I believe my servant will be healed. At your very word. You just say it, and my servant will be healed. Verse 9 of Luke chapter 7, it says, When Jesus heard this, what was Jesus, you guys? Everybody help me out. He was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following, he said, I tell you the truth. I have not found such what? I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Two different times Jesus is amazed. He was amazed at lack of faith and he was amazed at great faith. So here's the question. As we finish 2018, we got four months left. As we finish 2018, if Jesus looked at our faith and he looked at our faith and where our level of faith was, those things that, that, you know, we're attempting for his glory, those things that we're believing that he will do, would he be amazed at how big our faith is or would he be amazed at, at, at like our lack of faith? Think about it. It's a great question. Would he be amazed at how audacious, how holy, jaw-dropping is your faith, or would he be offended at your lack of faith? In fact, what I want to do is, I, I, I want to just kind of help us be really honest, okay? As we look and ask ourselves this question, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to rank your faith. You rank your own faith somewhere between one and ten. Rank your faith. One would be the lowest and, and 10 would be the highest. And, and in order to be semi-accurate, I'm just going to ask you to look at this last week of your life, all right? Just simply look at the last week. 
It's easy to remember, right, the last week, right? And just think about it. What great faith steps did we take in the last week? What great faith steps did we take? Did we attempt to do something that was so bold, so daring, that if God didn't come through, there ain't no way it will happen? Did you do that? If so, then you're going to be on the higher end of that spectrum, right? If not, then we're going to be on the lower end. Think about our prayer lives. What are some things that we've been praying and believing God for? Imagine this. Imagine if God was sitting next to you when you decided to pray. Maybe you have a prayer list. I have a prayer list. And he was listening to you as you're praying your prayer list. I have my prayer list on my phone. And I go through my prayer list. I pray for each one of you, by the way. And so I, 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 I'm praying. And he's, let's say God did that this, this past week. And everything you prayed for, God said, yep, Yep, you got it. Oh, no problem. Right now. Imagine if God answered every one of your prayers instantly right now. Like, yes, yes. What do you want? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if we prayed it, poof, it would just happen. Let me ask this. If God answered yes and immediately to every prayer, ask ourselves this question. What would be different in our world? What would be different in our world? For some of us, If we have like an eight or a nine on that spectrum, there would have been like a lot of people healed of cancer. And there might, be, there might have been a child who got adopted into a family or in a relationship, a marriage got healed. All these really cool things would have been different because we were praying great prayers. In a couple weeks, we're going to be dedicating several weeks about prayer. Right after we get done with our series now of We Are, we're going to talk about prayer and we'll dive into it. But If we just look back at our last week, our, you know, what, what would God have said yes to? Is it that we prayed prayers that our food would be blessed? Is that the prayer that we prayed? That, that we prayed that, that God would give us traveling mercies to get to grandma's house on time, right? Which is always a little funny that we pray those prayers. God, give us traveling mercies because, you know, I feel like 99% of the time we're going to get there okay, but we pray that anyways. God, put angels around us as we travel. And what else? I don't know. Maybe, God, would you take away these five moles that I have on my face, right? I don't know where they came from, but God, would you take, imagine if your prayers, what, what would happen if God said yes to every single prayer? for the glory of God, right? He answered every single prayer. What would be different in the world if God answered every single prayer we prayed with a yes and it was immediate? For some people, there would be nothing different in the world at all because we didn't even pray a single prayer. We didn't attempt anything that was bold and daring for the kingdom and the glory of God. Would God be amazed at our great faith or would he be blown away at our lack of of faith, that we didn't attempt anything or we didn't pray for anything significant in the last week. As a church, you guys, I believe that God is calling us to be faith-filled, to be big-thinking risk-takers, to never insult God with small thinking or safe living. And so, and so in order to inspire us to take bold faith steps, what I want to do is I want to look at, I want to look at three faith-filled statements that would help build our faith so we, can, so, so we can have big faith and encourage us to follow God's direction for our life. Can you guys say yes? yes. 
Okay, so the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. And I think it's something very, very important, all right? And what it is that we have to understand is that, that in order to please God, we have to take a risk. In order to please God, we have to take, a, we cannot play it safe and please God. In fact, the author of the book of Hebrews, he said it like this in the great faith chapter, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, he says, he says this, he says, and without faith, what is it? It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without risk, it's impossible to please God. In other words, if we can do everything with our own power and we never need the power of God, then we are living without faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so to challenge this, I think sometimes in our part of the world, people kind of, they, they kind of almost glorify faith. They think, hmm, okay, if we've got great faith, then we're always gonna have great faith all the time. I'm gonna have like this super grandiose faith and I'm never gonna ever waver. I'm never ever gonna doubt. I'm never ever gonna have a bad day. We're just always gonna be floating on this faith thing, this eternal faith. And the reality is that faith is messy. Sometimes it's messy. It's not always constant. It's not, it's not incredibly clean faith. There may be some moments where we've got great faith, and then the next minute, we don't have much faith. Uh, you know, the next minute, we're overwhelmed with doubt, and sometimes we feel like, wow, God really spoke to me about something. And other times we're like, I'm not really so sure anymore that that was God. I'm, I'm not really sure. It's hard to follow sometimes. A God that we don't see, it's hard to follow him. And, and, and when we do, we take these faith steps, and it can, it can be very, very messy. Faith steps can be very, very messy. That's why it's called faith, because it's not proven what's going to happen. This past summer, I was with my team. We went to Cuba, our mission team, and we were, on, we were down these rivers and hiking and, and, you know, stuff, and we got to this one part where there was this rock Ryan knows what I'm talking about, and Christina knows what I'm talking about, and Raina knows what I'm talking about. There is this rock that, you know, from this side didn't look that high. And so, you know, there's groups, we're with a group of young people, and people are jumping and off this rock, and, and, and all of a sudden I hear, come on, Pastor Abdi! And I'm like, I got nothing to prove, you know. <laughs> First of all, I am deathly afraid of heights, and so I, I have nothing to prove. Come on, Pastor Abdi. And sure enough, Christina gets up there and jumps off, and everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, great. And then Ryan gets up there and jumps off, and they're like, come on, Pastor Abdi. And I'm like, why? Why am I going to risk my life? I don't need to do that, you know. And they're like, come on, you can do it. So peer pressure, I gave in. And I'm starting to climb these wet, slippery rocks. And as I get up to the, to, to the rock you're supposed to jump off of, and I look down, I'm like, whoa, this is really, really high. And so they're all like, come on, you can do it. And so I go to take a step, and my foot kind of slips. And I go back, and everybody's like, ah. And I'm like, don't say that, don't say that. And, and, and then at the bottom, I could hear, you know, Raina's talking to somebody who's there, and they're talking about not people who've died, but people who've gotten seriously hurt who've tried to jump off that thing, right, Raina? There, were, there was a guy telling all those stories, and I'm up there. I'm like, shh, I don't want to hear that. And they're like, come on, you can do it. And I'm like, why am I up here? And so finally, I just took a leap. And it was so scary, and I have to tell you, 
that I was surprised that I didn't say a cuss word as I was flying in the air. But I, 85% sure I didn't say a cuss word, but I'm 100% sure I thought about a few of them. I will say as I'm flying in the air and I land in the water and I get up out of the water and, and I'm like, I am never doing that again. Why did I do that? But sometimes, you guys, we have to take a step of faith and we just gotta jump, you guys. We just gotta jump. Can you guys say yes? So, that's the kind of faith, that's what faith is like. There is, I believe, God, you're calling me to do something, and so here I go. I just, I believe you're calling, I'm not sure, I cannot play it safe and please God. One of the greatest examples of, of this is Peter, when all the disciples were in the boat, and Jesus walks on the water, right? He's like, Hey, anybody want to come out? This is Jesus. Anybody want to come out of the boat and to where I'm at? And everybody's like, no, 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 no. And Peter says, all right, let's go. Peter actually gets out. Now, many of us, right, many people criticize Peter because he sank, right? They're like, oh, yeah, Peter failed. He looked at the wind. He looked at the wave, and he sank. But the truth is there was 11 other guys in the boat, and they didn't get out. He walked on the water, Peter, before he failed. And so often, our fear of failure keeps us from taking a step of faith because people often think that failing means missing God. I've discovered that failing is often the first step to discovering God. And so never let the fear of failure stop us from taking a step of faith. What's going to happen if I don't get out of the boat? Nothing. But what's going to happen if I get out of the boat? I don't know. All I know is that I got to step out to find out. I got to step out to find out. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but some of you, you're playing it safe, and you cannot play it safe and please God. I would even argue if we're not failing every now and then, we're playing it way too safe. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So would God be amazed at our great faith? Or would he be amazed at our lack of faith? Principle number one is simply, if you want to please God, you got to take a risk. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Faith means that we take off the floaties. Number two, faith means we take off the, what are floaties? I'm about to show you right now. What are floaties? I brought some floaties up with me today. I'm going to show you what they are right here. This is a floaty, you guys. Right there, I brought two up here just to show you what they are. Here we go, slip them on, work real easy here. All right, so we got some floaties. These are floaties. So faith means that we gotta take off our floaties. What do I mean? Well. We went swimming, my boys, the boys and I, and my, my grandparents, and my uh, suegros, actually, we all went swimming and, um, yesterday, and I, I was looking at my oldest, AJ, and I remember when he had these floaties on, when he was in the pool, and I remember we were like, you gotta take the floaties off if you wanna learn how to swim, and he's like, no, I don't wanna take the floaties off, 
I can't take these floaties off because what if I sink? Yeah, you, you might sink, but you'll never learn how to swim if you don't take these floaties off. You, you gotta take these floaties off. But, but, but floaties, you guys, are kind of like the guarantee. They guarantee us that we're not gonna sink. If we keep these floaties on, no matter what happens, we can't sink. And if we want to please God, you guys, guess what we have to do? We have to take off the float. What if we sink? We might sink. It's true. There's no guarantee. And I think so many times in our lives, we want a guarantee. We want that insurance. What is insurance? Insurance, we have it. It's a, it's a way to defer risk. But when you're walking to minimize risk. When you're walking with God, you gotta take, there's no minimizing risk. You gotta take a risk and you got to take these floaties off. Look at what the writer of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. He says, faith is the what? Somebody say it. Faith is the confidence that what we what? That what we hope for. Notice, this is not like a guarantee, right? There's no insurance here. There's no insurance here. I, I, I don't need hope if I got floaties, you guys. I don't need hope because I got a guarantee. I got something that's going to keep me up no matter what, right? No, it says, I, I, it's, it's not a guarantee. It says that what I hope for. You see, we're, we're a people of big faith. It means that we're, we're still in the hoping phase, you guys. We're still in the hoping phase. I hope this is God. I'm not 100% sure, but I hope this works. The scripture says it is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us an assurance of things we cannot see. And the problem for many of us is that we want the floaties. We want the floaties because it's a guarantee. Is this going to work? I need a guarantee. I need a guarantee. I remember when I was in the second grade and I, um, I went to go ask a girl out. And in, in my time of school, you didn't ask them out. You would ask them if they would go with you. Will you go with me? And so, you know, what I would do is I would write a little note and I would say, dear so-and-so, will you go with me? And then I would put a little box and I would put yes and then I put a little, little box and I would put no. And then to minimize risk, I wouldn't give it to the girl. I would give it to the friend of the girl so that the friend of the girl would give it to the girl. So that way there's no feelings of rejection. There's no, you know, just give it to the friend. And so I remember, anybody else do that, right? Go with, nobody else put the note, nobody else wrote. Okay, I got one. I got one that did the notes, right? It was always funny, like, will you go with me? I'm in second grade, where are we going? I don't know where we're going, but will you go with me? You can't go anywhere. It's like, but anyway, will you go with me? I remember one time I wrote the note, and I got a note back. I got the note back, and the note said, you know, will you go with me? And there was an extra box, and the extra box said, maybe. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that wasn't one of the options. I didn't give you that as an option. Now I don't know if you'll go with me or not. How do I know if you're going to go with me? You said, maybe. You said there's no guarantee there. There's no for sure. Because see, if I knew, then I could go up and ask. Because I knew she said, yes. But there is a, she said, maybe. What does that mean? I don't know. It means I'm not sure. And the reality is, you guys, that when we're dealing with God, sometimes the box is 
Maybe. Sometimes the box is maybe, God, I think you're calling me to do this, but I'm not sure. Is it you, God? Maybe. How do I know? How do I know it's you? Listen, we can have faith or we can have control, but we can't have both. We can have faith or we can have control, but we can't have both. Why are we so quiet this morning? I am saying some good things this morning. Let me say it one more time. We can have faith or we can have control, but we can't have both. All right, all right, all right. Sometimes we just have to say, I think God's calling me to do this. I hope God's calling me to do this. I believe God's calling me to do this. But she said, maybe... She said, maybe. The box is checked, maybe. We can have faith or we can have control, but we can't have both. Some of us, we're going to have to let go of control to take a step of faith. As a church, we're going to try some things before the year is out. We're going to do some things that we don't know how they're going to turn out. Honestly, we don't know. This summer, we decided we were going to try these things called picnic at the park. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. There were many people who said, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you going to, that's not going to work. Picnic at the park. You're doing it every single week in the hot Miami summer. Why are you going to go out to do picnics at the park in the hot summer? That's like the hottest time of the year, July. Why would you do that? Because we feel like we're supposed to. We're not sure if this is God or not, but let's just try it. We don't know. And as a matter of fact, people look doubtful. People told us, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to fly. All right? But you know what? It, it goes in line with our mission. We're a missional church. We don't just stay here. We go outside of these four walls and we try to reach them and teach them. And so if we're going to do that, this sounds like it goes along with who we are as a church. Let's just try it and see what happens. And it was funny how God brought opportunity after opportunity for us to engage people because we decided not to stay within the confines of our church and we decided to go out. You guys, I have a vision to see more and more, more and more of us as a Doral Vineyard family reaching out and taking the church outside of these four walls. I have a vision of seeing thousands and thousands of people who call DV home, creating opportunities to love our community. The people in our church would create more and more opportunities to be a friend to this community. That this community would miss us if we were not here. Pastor Abdi, did you say thousands? Like, look around you. Look around. Did you say thousands? Yes, I said thousands. Look, I'm in my 40s. I believe we're going to see it before my lifetime is up. We're going to see thousands and thousands of people reaching out to this community. I know that's a big number, and I know I only got a few of you guys to clap, but I believe it's possible. And I don't care which it is. I don't care. I believe that God's power, that God's presence and his word changes lives. And I believe God has trusted our church with the greatest resources that exist on the planet today. You know who they are? You. I have a vision for thousands of people to experience the free love of God. This faith-filled, big thinking, make no little plans, risk-taking faith. 
Some may laugh at us now, but you know, we're going to get there. I believe it. Thousands upon thousands reaching our community. Before this year is over, mark my words, I believe we're going to have a thriving student ministry but we don't even have a student ministry. That's right. But before this year is over, we're going to have not just a student ministry, a growing student ministry. I believe it. I'm just crazy enough to believe that we're going to have one and it's going to grow. I believe that our God is a God who works through people. And I believe we're going to double in size before the year is out. Look around you. We have enough chairs to double in size. We have enough chairs to triple in size. So you know what I'm going to do? I, I believe well, we're going we're to have exponential, explosive growth here. I'm crazy enough to believe that. I'm so crazy to believe it that next Sunday at our potluck, we're going to lay out every single black chair that we have. And so it's up to you to invite to fill these chairs next Sunday, all right? We're going to set up all these black chairs and just believe that God is going to fill each and every chair. And some people might say, well, well, shouldn't you have the people first before you put out the chair? Isn't that, that's not really the right order. But you know what? Sometimes we don't do things in the right order. Sometimes we just have to have the faith to step out and say, God, I've got to step out to find out if this is you. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but someone's going to start a business here before the year's out. Someone is going to start a ministry and you're like, I want a guarantee in God. What are the steps three, four, and five? Because I know you're calling me to steps one and two, but I need to know what three, four, and five are. And God is saying, take off the floaties and see what happens. Just take the step. The only guarantee is that God will prove himself faithful. Someone here, you've been praying about, about asking somebody out. Well, you've got to ask her out to get married, all right? And when you do, because God used me to encourage you, make sure you name the first child Abdi because I helped you get some action, all right? I built your faith, all right? If you want to please God, you have to take a risk. Faith means that we take off the floaties. We cannot have control, and we can, and, and, or we can have faith. We, we have to decide. We can't have both. Number three. Let me tell you what number three is. Let me tell you what happened to my oldest, AJ, when we, he finally decided to take the floaties off. After he took the floaties off, you know what he did? <laughs> he hung on to the wall. He grabbed a hold of the wall because the wall was his security. He's like, okay, papi, I'm going to jump in the water with my floaties on, but now you want me to take my, I took a risk. That's number one. Take a risk. You can't, you got to take a risk, right? You jumped in the water, but now you're asking me to take the floaties off, to take away my guarantee. Okay, I took away my guarantee, but now I'm going to hold on to that wall for dear life. I'm going to hold on no matter what happens. I'm not going to let go. And I remember trying to coax him to get off the wall. Abdiel, AJ, you got to let go of the wall. You got to let go of the wall. Let go of the wall. Abdiel, you're never going to learn how to swim if you don't let go of the wall. No, but what if I drown? It's okay, Papi's here, but you might drown, but you got to let go of the wall. No, Papi, I can't let go of the wall. I remember the battle we had, the battle we had of, of trying to get him. And when he finally did, you guys, 
It was such a faith-filled moment where he let go of the wall and he took the plunge. It was amazing. I was so proud of him. Like, you did it. You didn't swim very far, but you did it. You let go of the wall. That's what matters. And it's, it's what leads me to this third point. The third truth, and that is, if you're taking notes, let go of the wall in order to swim. The wall represents what we know, what I know. It's my security. If we always cling to the wall, we will never get to go where God may be calling us to go. We have to swim. We have to swim towards, everyone say swim towards. We have to swim towards our destiny. We have to let go of our security. Somebody here has to let go of the wall that you're holding on to. Don't miss it. If we're not paying attention, we'll miss some really good stuff. If you, wanna, if you want to get to where God is calling you to, your destiny, you've got to let go of your security. And what's going to happen? How is it going to end up? If we knew all that, it wouldn't be called faith. It's exactly what Abraham did in one of the most crazy faith-filled stories in the Old Testament. It's actually reflected in the New Testament in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this. Are we having fun, by the way? All right, good, good, good. By what? Everybody say it aloud. By what? By, by faith, Abraham, when he, called to go, when, he, when called to go to a place where he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though, everybody say even though, even though he did not know where he was going even though he didn't have a clue, even though he had no idea, he had to let go of the wall and he took the plunge. And when you take that plunge, when you take that step, you keep your eyes focused on the author and the perfecter of our faith. And suddenly, by his power, we're not walking by sight anymore, we're walking by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But great faith pleases God in a great way. Would God be amazed at your amazing faith? Or would God be amazed that we have, we have access to his power, you guys? We have access to his throne room, that same power as a follower of Jesus that raised him from the dead. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. We have access to go before God and ask him. And, and, and we have access to ask him for stuff and, and he hears us in our prayer. Would he be amazed at our lack of faith? How will this play out in our lives? I believe it will play out individually and I believe it will play out corporately. I believe that God is speaking to some of us right here and we're going to take our, our faith step and I believe that God is going to speak to us as a church and we're going to take some faith steps together as a church. We're not really sure how it's going to work out but we're just going to do it for you as a follower of Christ. You may take a step, a faith step, to share your faith with someone who doesn't know Christ. Maybe a family member, maybe a boss, maybe somebody you work out with, right? And you know that they really need the truth that you know, but you're not really sure what's going to happen. You're going to have to take a step of faith. And when you do, the box may say, maybe, all right? But you just got to do it. And they're going to respond. Are they going to respond positively? You don't know. But your faith will be built when you obey what God puts on your heart. Some of you, you're going to tithe for the very first time. 
in your life. You've heard it and you've thought about it and you've made excuses and suddenly you're gonna do something that makes no rational sense, you guys. Put, return 10% of what God blesses me back to him through his church and suddenly, if your number was a two, you're, you're gonna start moving up on that faith spectrum. You're, you're, you're gonna start moving up on that faith spectrum. You, you see God provide and, and you recognize that 90% with his blessing actually is more than 100% without his blessing. And your faith grows to a five or a six or a seven when you take that act of faith. Some of you, you're gonna step out and you're gonna start a small group. Abdiela talked about small groups and you just heard her mention it and, and, and so it's in the back of your mind and you're asking yourself the question, well, am I good enough? I don't know if I know enough about the Bible. I'm not really sure. Well, what's gonna, what if nobody shows up? What's gonna happen? And you know what? You don't know. But several months later, you're gonna sit back and say, oh my word, look what God has done. This is my favorite thing to do in my life is to lead a small group. I'm pouring my life into others and that we're, we're sharing life around God's word. We're growing spiritually together. Man, I'm so glad I took that step of faith. Some of you, you're gonna serve in student ministry, the one we don't have yet, but we're gonna have, all right? Some of us, we're gonna serve in our kids' church, our wonderful kids' church ministry. And, and you're like, well, you might be thinking, well, I'm not cool enough for students. I don't think I'm cool, I'm like older, I'm like separate, I don't know if I'm good enough. Can I really connect with them? And suddenly you're, you're gonna get in there and you're gonna realize, oh my gosh, these kids, they're really hyper, right? And they have, but they have so much potential. And some of them, they have so much passion for Christ. And some of them, they're so messed up. And some of them, they're so confused and they're cutting themselves and they're sexually confused and they're depressed and, and they're coming from broken homes. But you're gonna wake up Six, from, six months from now and you're gonna go, wow, this is the best six months of my life that God is using me to impact the next generation. Some of you, God's gonna call you to, to serve in kids' church and you're gonna serve with the two-year-olds in the two-year-old room. And you're gonna be with like these tiny, really high-energy kids and it's gonna take some great faith because they're in there and they're everywhere and there's more of them than there are of you and you're like, God, help me. And some of you, you're gonna start a business and you don't know what's gonna happen and you're gonna take some steps of faith. Some of you, you feel God called you, you to, to, start a, to write a book, to write a story and you're wondering, well, if anybody, is anybody really gonna read it? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm here to tell you, honestly, who knows? But you gotta take, there's no guarantees, we gotta take a step. You gotta step out to find out. Some of you, there's a ministry in sight. There's something that's been burning inside of you for a long time. And when you take a step of faith, your faith is not in the outcome, what you want. Your faith is in the faithfulness of God. And suddenly, as you grow in your faith, we grow, we all grow in our faith. And all of a sudden, we start to see that we are a church, that when we gather together, our faith can touch God. And when we have faith to fast together, many of you, as I said, are fasting with me. We're crazy enough to believe that if we just deny ourselves, we believe that, that we deny ourselves physical nutrition somehow, some way, it connects us more spiritually with God and suddenly as a church, our faith grows and all of a sudden we realize that we now are faith-filled, we're big thinking, no little plans, risk takers. And so church, 
We're not going to sit back anymore. Listen to me. We're thinking big. We're thinking gargantuous. You need to hear me. We're thinking big. Our God did not give us a small commission, but a what? A great commission that everyone would know him, that the gospel would be preached around the world. And when God looks at you, I want him to be amazed at your faith. And when God looks at our church, I want him to be amazed at our church because I believe with all my heart in the next year, our God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all, more than we could ask, more than we could think, more than we can imagine according to his power that is at work in us, church, so that he would be glorified for generations to come. So what are we, you guys? We are a people a big faith. We will make no little plans here. We spell faith R-I-S-K. Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray that in your presence you would do a work in your church. And I thank you in advance for all the faith steps that may come out of this moment. God, I thank you for those parents that have three children that are thinking about having four. God, I thank you that if you speak to them, they'll have the faith to say yes to what your will might be for their family. I thank you, God, for those who might be considering adopting or fostering. And, and they're all over all these questions. And God, I thank you in advance that on the other side of that faith step, they're gonna find your perfect will. God, I thank you for those who will start something follow you, venture out, share their faith. I thank you that God, as we step out, we're gonna find out. God, help us to be full of faith to follow you.